Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, I'm Kelly Crichton and welcome along to The Reset Room again. We are here to give you the tools you need to succeed and to answer your questions on your journey to fulfillment. This week, we're talking all about being always on and how we show up in a constantly performative world. Last week, Amina and I were looking at toxic environments, how to recognise them, make sure we're not part of the problem. And if you are unfortunate enough to be stuck in one, which I'm sure many people are, unfortunately, what you can do to extract yourself. If you missed that, you can listen back along with the other episodes on all podcast platforms. This week, I'm pleased to be joined by Katrina Skinner, based not far from I here in Edinburgh. Katrina has worked in financial services for most of her career to date, but during the pandemic decided to consult a life coach to help with the lack of balance in her life. Her life was changed so remarkably, she herself has decided to train in life coaching and now works to empower other women. She's now an advanced accredited transformation life coach and works with women in the corporate world and those who have set up their own businesses to successfully help them reset, manage the overwhelming parts of their existence and create time in their lives so they can feel the best they ever have. Katrina is also co-founder of Inspire Edinburgh, which is a Facebook group with the aim of creating a positive mindset shift for its members while supporting local lifestyle businesses. Hi, Katrina, and welcome to The Reset Room. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you've arrived where you are today. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Um, So as you've described in your intro, I, you know, myself was living a very busy, fast-paced life and just wanted to get that balance. And um, one of my friends had um, seen a life coach and she was telling me about it and I thought, actually this is something I think I would quite like to do I went along had some life coaching sessions and there it was you know just such a huge change I learned a lot about myself and I learned lots of tools and techniques as well to help maintain that balance going forward in my life and um, and because it was so transformative and so life-changing I just wanted to to learn how to do that myself to help as many other people as possible because I know that or I knew I wasn't the only one in that position. So many of us find ourselves in that in that space. And um, and yeah, so here I am. Well, we're delighted to have you along and thanks for sharing that with us. So we're going to kick off this week. We are talking about that very modern feeling of being 
always on. That is the feeling of having to be available and ready to respond to whatever life throws at us. We might have different performative roles like sister, brother, co-worker, manager, gym buddy, school gate mom, Instagram or whatever, but we're always performing a role. Can you talk to us uh, a little bit more about that idea, Katrina? Yeah, absolutely. And even just when you spoke there and you just described that was just a few of the roles that we all perform, that's just exhausting even when you hear that in itself. Mm. And in the culture that we live in, we feel like we need to be our best at all of these things. Mm -hmm. And we put that pressure on ourselves or it comes from, from others. And we feel if we're not doing the best, we're worrying if people are judging us, what will they be saying? You know, all of these mm -hmm. different things. And and also, you know, this also links with things like social media because we're seeing people look like they're having an amazing, you know, they're doing amazingly at everything. They've got it mm -hmm. all. They've got it sussed. They know what they're doing. And that can then make you feel like I need to be doing the same. I need to mm -hmm. be doing everything. I need to be doing my best at all of these different roles. Mm -hmm. uh, it's. I think in uh, years gone by, we could we'd have called it keeping up with the Joneses. But like, yes. it's it's so much more around us now with the world of social media. From morning till night, we're seeing other people's perfect, you know, in inverted commas lives. So, yeah, yeah. but there are all these different personas we adapt. Is that the same? Do you think for everyone, or is it something we kind of inflict on ourselves depending on our personality and the pressures we face? I guess it's a bit of both, isn't it? So I guess it could be ourselves because we want to live up to these expectations that are, you know, are set around us and we put that pressure on ourselves and we want to be able to do it all and we kind of see it as a bit of a superpower, don't we? Mm. Do you know, like I can do everything. Um, or it could be just, you know, it's, it is inflicted upon us. So a lot of us work in careers where there's a lot expected of us. People are mm. working a lot of hours and they find it difficult to say no or to set those mm. boundaries. Um, yeah. So it can be, you know, both of those. And even for myself, you know, as a, a working mum, I always felt like I was never doing a, you know, some days I'd feel like I wasn't doing a good job either because I was trying to do both. Mm. And um, and that was a pressure I was putting on myself. Nobody else was doing that. I think we, you know, we set those expectations on ourselves, but also we we struggle to set those healthy boundaries with others and to, you know, to manage those expectations. And that is a pretty negative way of behaving. So what, what can we do to stop that cycle? Yeah, it is a negative and we, we need to almost lose the the labels around ourselves with that. So an example I would give mm. is I remember pre having life coaching, I would, you know, people would say to me, you know, I don't know how you managed to do it all. You managed to do so much. And it then created this almost label of, you know, that was like a bit of a superpower and I could do anything. Yeah. And so I then felt I always had to live up to that and I couldn't, do anything less and actually when I did some life coaching I realized that that wasn't a superpower it was a weakness because I wasn't letting go I couldn't mm. let, you know let go of any control and I felt that I had to have everything within my control um so you mm. know doing that inner work and then letting go of things letting other people help you know just simple things knowing that I didn't have to do everything it changed so so much for me mm -hmm. I think it's that um, moment of realisation where you're like, 
I can't do everything. And to be honest, no one cares. (laughs) No one cares that I'm not doing everything, you know, and that uh, that I think is a lot of the time is self-inflicted, isn't it? And then maybe we get a bit like if someone, you know, it it doesn't kind of row in with that idea of ourselves. It can be kind of hurtful, but it's silly because it's it's our own image of ourselves and not anybody else's. And I say that often, you know, if people say I've just got so, so much to do. Sometimes it's about looking at it and actually saying, what would happen today if I didn't do that? What would Mm. really happen? And actually, Mm -hmm. more often than not, nothing happens. It's just because we believe we need to do it that day. Do you know when we add that pressure, which then creates overwhelm that then just gets us feeling stressed and anxious? Absolutely. Always on. (laughs) We're back to always on. Um, And what about social media? This always seems to me one of the most performative spaces in modern life. And I have a kind of rule of like anything that makes me feel negative or sad, unfollow. But but there would still be people in my life like that, you know, friends or acquaintances or whatever, family. And you just know a lot of what they're putting online is like just the ideal picture and reality is very different. Why do, why do people yeah, do that? Yeah, definitely. And I think what you said there is just so so true and we've got to remember that what you're seeing on social media is generally people's highlights of their lives you know they're not putting on the Mm. bits of the day that aren't so good maybe some will but Mm. generally speaking it's the highlights of people's lives and if you're not feeling that great and scrolling through your phone if you're feeling a bit low and you're looking at people's highlights that's only going to make you feel worse because all you're doing is comparing your life mm-hmm. to theirs which isn't uh you know it's not an accurate comparison um and like what you're saying it's when you find yourself there's a few different ways one unfollowed accounts that don't leave you feeling great um mm-hmm. limit your time because we all know that that mm-hmm. quick 5 minute check on your phone can turn into easily half an hour you know when you lose that time mm-hmm. and then you don't feel great about mm-hmm. that because you think I've just wasted all that time and I could have been doing all these other things so and then we get really mm, tough yeah, yeah and we beat soccer. ourselves up over that yeah. um and yeah sometimes just have a bit of a social media detox you know have a complete day mm. away from it and just see how you feel you're not going to miss out on much no, I went on um, holidays a couple of years back um, in the west of Ireland and there was literally no reception mm-hmm. where we were staying in this little cottage. And you know what? It was a breath yeah. of fresh air. To, to Now, bar having to go somewhere to check once or twice a day that there was no mm-hmm. emergencies or, or whatever or give my mom a call to make sure she was OK. It mm-hmm. was fab. You know, we played cards and board games and had drinks and just sat around and, you know, and it was fab, you know, and we just we're so it's so ingrained now, isn't it? Being on our phone or whatever all the time. And I think doing those things, you're present and you're speaking to people, you're enjoying company. And Mm -hmm. that's what we lose when we're just on our phone all the time. Yeah, very much so. There's a whole generation of uh, teenagers out there who ne- were never forced to like play cards in a caravan or something you know because they get to go sit in their phone you know um, but yeah so some some people might say they don't have a choice but to be always on so can you talk to us a bit about how to maybe shift other people's views of us? Yeah I guess when people say we don't have a choice so I'd always challenge that we always have a choice Mm. and it's about looking at the things Mm. that are in our control and one of those is just what we've been speaking about is 
setting those boundaries, okay, that you teach people mm. how you want to be treated. If you are all, always appear to be on, so for example, work, and I was speaking to a friend recently who was saying that very thing, um, you know, she worked Monday to Thursday, but she'd found she was now working Friday all the time. And she, you know, she wasn't supposed to be. And I was like, well, just stop, you know, start working the hours, the days that you're supposed to. And she said, but they'll be emailing me because they expect me to reply. And that's because she set that expectation. So it's about changing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we we definitely teach people how we want to be treated and we set those expectations. So it's about turning that around and and how we how we change that, making it communicating to the people you need to, that you're not going to be available 24-7 or, you know, there's certain times that you will be available, but the other times you won't. It's just about really getting clear on those boundaries and where you need to set them. Yeah, and probably making yourself uncomfortable in the first place to be like, no, I'm not doing this anymore or no, I'm mm-hmm. going to take this time for myself. I won't be available. Um and I think that's certainly definitely you'll find a lot of moms kind of yeah. recognising that they just need 20 minutes in a day where they're not working mm-hmm. or they're not, God, 10 minutes uh, where they're not working and they're not looking after the kids mm-hmm. or whatever just to like decompress. So it's it's hard. It's hard to put your foot down and say I'm not yeah, available. Definitely. But I think in the long run, it's probably the right thing for your own mm-hmm. um, mental health, yeah. you know. So sometimes we should just say no, but I think that comes easier to some people rather than others what do you think definitely even when I speak to people I probably say there's more people who say they can't say no and they not only that if Mm. they say no they then just reel off lots of reasons why they're saying no and we don't have to do that we can just say no and it is difficult and but the more you do it the easier it gets because you then start to see actually that was okay nothing happened you know I said Mm. no and it was fine and I always think about it the opposite way around, you know, so if someone said no to you, you probably just go, right, OK, that's fine. And you wouldn't think yeah. any more of it. So it's fine to say no. And it's just practicing. It's funny because, yeah, well, practicing and, and yeah, you know, and maybe eventually you'd be able to say no to everything, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think it's unfortunately it's one of those things that sometimes we've just let these this be part of our personality, you know, that you don't ever say no or, you know, you're always available, etc. And actually you can change that. You can show people that you're not always going to say yes. You're not always going to be there and you can do it gently, gently, but in a, you know, in a positive way, just it's not other people's fault either if they have a Mm -hmm. presumption about you based on what their experience of you Mm -hmm. is. So you got to be patient with other people if you've decided that you're going to make yourself less available or whatever, because it's new for them too. But I think, as you say, ultimately, they will understand. So I suppose as well, when you're going through that process of change, what about asking for help and sharing the load? Yeah, definitely. And that's another thing that so many of us struggle is Mm. to ask for help because we see it as maybe a bit of a weakness or if you ask for help, it's like, oh, she can't cope with all of this. And it's not that at all. It's just because we're trying to do everything. And especially, you know, if you think about at home, you don't you you don't have to do everything yourself. There will be others in the house who can help. Mm. And so many people say, but they can't do it as well as me or, you know, they'll not do it when I need them to. 
But actually, if you just let go a bit, okay, just let go of that control mm-hmm. and give them, empower them as well. And that was that's another thing that came up quite um, strongly for me is when I was doing everything, it was almost sending that message out to everybody else in my household that I didn't think they were capable Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't mm-hmm. want my daughter to be growing up thinking that she's not capable or she can't do something good mm-hmm. enough. And so that hit quite hard with me. So now mm-hmm. it's just like, right, OK, just try it. Just do it. And you know what? She gets better and better each time I can help her. Mm-hmm. But it takes the pressure off me doing things and it gives her that sense of responsibility as well. And, and again, I think sometimes as mums, uh, you know, I was speaking to a friend and she still does everything for even her teenage kids. And she's like, mm-hmm. I can't ask them to do it, though, because I've always done it for them. And it's like, but you can. <laughs> you know? yeah. Tomorrow's a new day and you get time back. And and I think as well, we were chatting about it and we almost felt like it's a bit of mum guilt because you know, as a working mum, you feel that maybe you're not there all the time. So when you are there, you'll do everything else for your kids. Yeah. And it's about losing those feelings of guilt as well and knowing that, you know, it's fine to get them to help with things. You don't yeah, have absolutely. to do everything. And if you have a other half, significant other or whatever, like, you know, yeah. and they're working, you know, it's all the one. You should be splitting the housework down Definitely. the middle. And by all mm-hmm. means, if you have children, do use them. <laughs> my my four-year-old, five-year-old, my God, she's five now, um, loves to get involved with like washing up and unpacking the shopping and all that stuff. Now, with hilarious consequences, I might add sometimes, but it's so cute like that she's kind of enthusiastic about it and mm-hmm. every now and again she'll do something for me and I'll be like, wow, that was great. You just did a little job for me. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's it's like, finally, help. <laughs> Someone's helping. <laughs> Someone's helping. So yeah, embrace it. Embrace Yay. it, exactly. Um, and worst case scenario, you can um, always hire help <laughs> if you can afford yes. it. Yeah, well, that was the other thing I was going to say. A lot of us think, oh, you know, I can't hire in any help, whether that be a gardener or a cleaner, because you see it as perhaps an extravagant expense. But sometimes when you weigh that cost up versus mm. what it gives you back in time, mm-hmm. it's really worth it. So it's definitely something to look into if you are really struggling with getting that balance and you know even if you just try it for a little while and see how you get on but equally you're supporting a lot of local businesses as well by doing that absolutely and um you know if you have that mental anguish of that massive to-do list all Mm -hmm. week you're going to be kind of stressed all the time aren't you Whereas Definitely. if you've got someone to come in and give you a hand and mm-hmm. you know that's coming, you've, that's off your list. It's gone. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to Completely. think about it. You don't only not have to do it, you don't have to think yeah. about it. Yeah. So it's, yeah, certainly um, I've had uh, this conversation with quite a few people and um, for people who are working and if you can um, afford it, definitely do yourself a favour. And um, mm-hmm. as you say, you'll not only be helping yourself, you'll be helping support local um people and businesses as well. So think yeah. about that, people, if you're finding it difficult to say no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think so. It's definitely worth a try, at least. OK, we're going to move on, Katrina, just to take some of our listeners' emails. First up this week, we had Luna in Brighton. She got in touch to say that she volunteers with a local charity and started off doing two or three hours a week. She's had more and more pressure put on her to increase her time with the charity and is now spending well over 12 hours a week uh, with them. Whilst she loves doing voluntary work, it's a lot with her other commitments. 
She admits she's not good at saying no. How can she approach reducing her hours and avoiding finding herself in similar situations in future? Well, bless her cotton socks anyway for volunteering in the first place. Mm. Well done, Luna. Yeah, so don't be disillusioned. Um, It's great you're doing what you're doing. Absolutely. And I think as well, there's maybe perhaps an added pressure there because it's a local charity. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they need your help. They need as much help as they can. And, mm-hmm. you know, obviously Luna's um, been, you know, supporting them hugely. But equally, this is where it gets quite, this is where it does get challenging because we find it difficult to put ourselves first, mm-hmm. you know, and be kind to ourselves. And we're always putting others before ourselves. And um, and obviously Luna has agreed, you know, to, to do two to three hours per week and it's just, you know, extended mm-hmm. and now it's impacting on, on her and her life. So the first thing I would do is it's what we've been speaking about, you know, it's about setting those boundaries and learning to say no, mm-hmm. no matter how difficult that can be sometimes. And, you know, Luna can approach that, I guess, you know, in a way that, you know, when, if she speaks to the charity and just explains that she loves helping them, wants to continue helping them. But, you know, the demands on the rest of her life mean that she can only do that two to three hours. Um, and she doesn't have to say much more than that. Yeah. Or justify herself. Yeah, yeah she doesn't have to justify herself. She doesn't have to feel bad because she can still continue to give that help every week that she, you know, she's agreed to do and that she's happy to do. We know that this is a difficult thing to do, but if Luna, you know, takes a step back and looks at the impact that working those or helping those extra hours has on the rest of her life, mm-hmm. it makes that a bit easier because she'll be able to see herself, just the impact on her and her family. And just mm-hmm. knowing that it's okay, that she mm-hmm. can say no to those extra hours. Yeah, it's one of those things like I would have done work with charities in the past as well. And sometimes they're just so busy and then just in mm. need of so much help that yeah. it, they don't even see it happening when they're asking yeah. people to do extra t- hours or if someone has to stay on late or come in early or mm. whatever it is. Or maybe they maybe they've asked them to do something at home during the week mm. or, you know, because there's a lot of charities now would have people volunteering, helping with social media or whatever. Mm. And you know, sometimes it might just involve saying, look, I really don't want to stop working with the charity, but I really can only do the two to three hours and this is what I can do and when I can do it. And I'd say nine times out of 10, they'd probably say, oh my God, yes, it's no problem. We really want you to, to keep you and we'll make sure it doesn't happen in future. And and maybe slightly awkward conversation, but even if you're not happy having it face to face, you could send someone an email. Like if you really couldn't have it face to face, you could always just email them and explain mm-hmm. the situation. And I'm sure they'd be fine about that too. It's good to have parameters around the different areas of our life because, I mean, voluntary work is a whole other thing on top of work and family and socialising. And, you know, so that's, Luna, even an extra element to life that some a lot of people don't have, you know. So you need to mind yourself and make sure that you're not burning yourself out. Definitely. And I think it goes back to, you know, if we ever find ourselves in a position, whether it's starting a new job or starting to volunteer somewhere, just being really clear yourself. Right? OK, I've said I can do three hours and I'm not going to allow it to go past that three hours. And just being really clear with, you know, whoever it is you need to be with, that that's what you can do. And then as you see it starting to creep up, just be, you know, just 
be very aware of it and be open about it quite quickly just to say, you know, as much as I would love to, to do extra at the moment, I just can't. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, you know, just really trying to bring that in as quickly as possible. But it, mm-hmm. it goes back to when we were speaking around, you know, we, we want to we want to help. We want to always help others. And we've been brought up to be polite. You know, mm-hmm. and so yes. that's when it goes against how we've been brought up because you yes, think, oh, yes, 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 yes. See what they're going to think yeah. of me. Yeah, um, it's quite ingrained, isn't it, that you can't yeah. say no or you don't mm-hmm. want to say no or if some, if some, yeah. especially if someone's asking you nicely for something, you know. <laughs> and if it doesn't seem like a big chore as well, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. that there, that's the worst. That's the yeah. worst of things because you feel like, oh God, how can I say no to that? It's only a small thing, but all the mm-hmm. small things add up, you know. And that's when the overwhelm happens because you've got all of these smaller things that you're doing that, and you just think, ah, how can I do all these and keep up with everything? You're spinning so many plates. Yeah, absolutely. The advice you were giving there as well about the hours, I think obviously that applies as well to anybody starting a new job, you know, like a, a proper paid job, because I think a lot of people in sort of postgraduate, just going into their first job after graduating or, you know, Mm -hmm. if they've just finished school and they start a new job and they maybe don't have much experience at the workplace, sometimes can feel like they have to do whatever's going on, you know, or they have to, if no one leaves at five and they're supposed to leave at five. Um, We talked about this actually a little bit on our podcast with Amina last week about toxic environments. You feel like you have to stay on, but you don't. If that's not in your contract, then you certainly don't. And you should just be your own person and do your own thing and do what's best for you. And you know what, if it doesn't work out, it's maybe symptomatic of the place anyway. But just don't be taken advantage of in... It might not be people intentionally taking the advantage, you know, in certain scenarios, but there are other scenarios where it is intentional. So -hmm. you just got to mind yourself there too, I think. Oh, definitely. We've got to, we've always got to be looking out for that and and doing what is right for us. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's so, so important to do that. And it's really interesting, kind of similar to what you were speaking about there. I was, um, I had joined a an event last week and it was all about women and banking and finance and there were quite some really high profile speakers on there and very inspired and listening to what they said and they said something that really hit home and it's about so if you're a woman and you're you know in a very senior role in the corporate world you know at the moment it's still very dominated by men okay so mm-hmm. you're you're in the minority and yeah one of them had said that she realised at one point, the turning point in her career was when she realised, I don't have to act like a man in this role. I'm a woman Mm -hmm. and I'm going to be me. I'm going to, you know, be my authentic self. And she Mm -hmm. said, that's the moment everything changed. And, um, And I thought that was quite powerful because sometimes we feel like we have to be the same as others, just as you're saying there. If everybody else is working till seven o'clock at night, mm-hmm. we feel we better do the same. But mm-hmm. why? You know, that's we've all got a choice. To fit in and to blend in, mm-hmm. which, you know, it's that group think, is it? Is it? It's probably yeah. quite um, biological, I think, you know, that you want to be part of the group and you don't want to look mm-hmm. appear different or whatever. But I think you're right. And that person that you're speaking about is absolutely right because you you can waste so much time trying to be the other mm-hmm. thing when in fact mm-hmm. if you're just yourself then you've got a lot more time on your hands and you can um behave more normally and 
act freely yeah. and all those things and be more comfortable in your own skin. Yeah, completely. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, and I think that will resonate with a lot of people because they feel like they need to, especially in the workplace, they need to be a certain person and actually they're they're not allowing their true selves to, mm-hmm. to come through. And, and that would just add so much more to the role, you know, and mm-hmm. as you say, they're more comfortable in their own skin and therefore able to do so, so much more. Mm, a performative role again, as we were talking about. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that was Luna. Luna, best of luck with sorting that out. Um, don't be afraid to say no. <laughs> Let us know yes. how it goes. Up next, we have an email from Susanna in Grangemouth. She says her boyfriend is addicted to social media. He spends his time on his phone when they're together. He likes going to the gym and mostly posts pictures of him in the gym or working out. She says he doesn't really show any other part of his life on Instagram. It's like his family, his work, and she doesn't exist. He's got a lot of followers in the fitness community, but isn't an influencer and says he's not interested in becoming one. She asks, do we know why he might be acting like this? Very interesting question, because it's kind of hard, isn't it, to be kind of cut out of someone's life like that, I'm guessing. Yes, it's a really really interesting question. And it could be for many reasons, actually, you know, Mm. without you you know speculating too much it could be for many reasons but first the first thing though I guess for Susanna is again it's talking about social media is all about highlights okay so this might be the one area in his life where he feels really confident okay okay and what that's where you know his confidence lies and he wants to show that whether it's through peer pressure mm-hmm. you know so he wants to show that or it could be that he wants to inspire others mm-hmm. possibly as well you know um but or that could be his area of escapism mm. in his life mm-hmm. there could be lots of different reasons there um and i guess for susanna as, as difficult as that might be for her to see that you know that he doesn't post anything else it's about just reminding herself what social media is is it real life you know it's just one part of his life Mm. and and you know I guess for it would be for her to speak to him quite openly if she can about Mm. you know why he doesn't but also recognize that might be the one area of his life where he's you know or it could be that he's lacking confidence elsewhere and this is to try and compensate yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's an interesting one um yeah I, I think you're right it goes back to that thing of like one life online and a different life in reality mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I suppose when when you do think about it like what you said that that's where he's confident then I suppose that's kind of a good thing mm-hmm. that he has that and that he enjoys it but and maybe Maybe Susanna shouldn't take it so personally, but equally, yeah, probably sensible to have a conversation about, you know, why aren't you sharing the rest of your life on there when it's quite normal Mm -hmm. to share the rest of your life? Is there Mm -hmm. a problem around that? So maybe a conversation with him would help um, shed some light on that. Um, Because he maybe doesn't realise you know, maybe he mm. just doesn't realise he's just, that's what he's used to doing. And if, she, you know, if they had that open conversation, he would be like, you know, or he maybe has a reason, you know, he would be able to give her to reassure her or whatever. But yeah, social media just creates all, this is what it creates, doesn't, doesn't it? it? Yeah, yeah. And it, yeah, it's like that thing of 
just people picking things up the wrong way. If you want to be more sinister about it, like maybe he does want to be an, an influencer and maybe he is building yeah. a following and maybe that's why he hasn't put any other content on there because it's not relevant to what he's trying to do and maybe he's just embarrassed to admit it or something in case he fails. Yeah, so um, I'm absolutely speculating here. You know, you could speculate about <laughs> a lot of things, but, yeah. you know, sometimes people can be a bit shy about those things and then not online. So that's a possibility too. But certainly, yeah, I, I think that's good advice, Katrina. I'm sure Susanna can go into a conversation now kind of forearmed with some idea of maybe what's going on. Yeah, good luck with that as well, Susanna. So there are a couple of uh, questions for this week. I just wanted to see if you want to give us any closing comments, Katrina, before we wrap up for the day. I guess it's just, you know, we know, we hear it all the time. We see it all the time. It's, you know, to to be kind to others and be kind to ourselves. But sometimes we're not so kind to ourselves, even if we think we are. Right? Okay, if we mm. really stop and think about it, whether it's the pressure we put on ourselves, the way we speak to ourselves, you know, just start becoming aware of that and just be kinder to yourself. Start, you know, knowing that it's okay to put yourself first. Okay, knowing that it's okay to say no to people, to certain things. You don't have to have reasons. You can just say no. And just starting to get a bit clearer around what areas in your life do you you need to set those boundaries? And, you know, it's not, you can't change everything overnight. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's all about just taking little steps. So even just thinking, about right, what one area? So if, say, for example, it's your work, right? Okay, so perhaps it could be you need to work less hours. What one thing? could you start doing today to go towards that, mm -hmm. you know, and then just taking it step by step. And again, it's because you have to manage everyone else's expectations as well. Mm -hmm. You know, so if people are used to you doing something, it's about them getting used to the idea as well, but actually you're not going to do that all the time now going forward. And so just take it step by step and just look at one area, even as a starting point, what changes could you make to just feel like you don't need to always be on all the time? I guarantee you, everybody that listens to this podcast will be able to identify with that to an extent. It's just yeah. the way we live now, isn't it? You know, mm -hmm. between Definitely. going from one sort of role to the next to the next and social media mm -hmm. and everything. So I think that's really great advice. Thanks for sharing your experiences and advice with us this week, Katrina. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much for having me on. And um, yes, just good luck. And know that when you do this, when you try it, you'll just think, wow, I can feel the difference. I can see the difference. So, And it encourages you to keep going that way. Absolutely. Next week, Amina and I will be talking about the pressures of life in the spotlight. If you have a question around this or any other area of personal development for that matter, you can drop us an email to kelly.crichton at jpimedia.co.uk and we'll endeavour to get you the advice you need. Thank you for joining us on this episode of The Reset Room. You can follow us on Twitter at Reset underscore room, on Facebook at The Reset Room and on Instagram at Reset Room Podcast. Please remember to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast and tell all your friends about it if you're enjoying it. The Reset Room is a laudable production produced and hosted by me, Kelly Crichton. This week, I was joined by Katrina Skinner, who you will find on coachingwithkatrina.co.uk and you can follow her on Instagram at Katrina. Skinner Coaching. Catch you next week.